time for some podcast reviews. This is from Charlotte Jones 2. This podcast is absolutely unreal. I'm able to relate to something in every episode. I listen to an episode in my car on my way to university each day and it really changes my mindset for the day and I'm actively seeing myself change and achieve my goals. Just wanted to say hi to you, Lisa, and I'm going to be on this podcast one day. Wait and see and thank you. Well, Charlotte, I look forward to seeing you opposite me on the chair, girl. Little did I realise that when I watched the movie Contagion, that like Marty McFly, I would be getting a glimpse into the future. I remember thinking how crazy the storyline was, but not in my worst nightmares did any of us ever think in a million years that we would end up actually experiencing it. Yep, but here we are. And I'm not gonna lie, it's kind of freaking weird. None of us are prepared for this. None of us are naturally equipped to handle this. I mean, just go online for 10 minutes and you will see people panicking, people feeling overwhelmed, stressed, anxious, scared, not confident about what the future may hold. Let me just repeat those reactions, guys. Panic, overwhelm, stress, lack of confidence. These are all subjects that before COVID-19 came about, we were battling with. I mean, I've literally lost track of the amount of episodes I've done of Women of Impact that cover these specific issues. And so this recent pandemic definitely hasn't done any of us struggling with these issues any favors. Okay, wait, actually, let me just stop there because I want to address that this is just one perspective. And let's face it, this perspective doesn't serve us. Another perspective, one that actually does serve us, is one where we believe that we have all been imitating Daniel Sum from The Karate Kid. That all of this time we have been waxing on and waxing off and practicing our skills for when we are called in to step up and fight. That actually this is the very moment we show up, the very moment we take action, the very moment we take even more action. That this is the moment we must be like water and shift and shape our thinking. But first, we must have the confidence to take that first step. So today I wanted to bring someone on that can help with just that. Someone that can help guide our confidence in our ability to overcome this. Someone who can give us very tactical tips and tricks on what we can do, even while quarantined, to have the confidence to step up to the plate. And when you are thrown that curveball, you still have the confidence to bat that shit out of the park. So please, help me in welcoming the woman featured in Success Magazine, Good Morning America, a Huffington Post contributor, an international speaker, coach, and author of Girl Confident, the confidence creator herself, Rachel Luna. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining me. As you can see, I am not on set. Reason being is I am quarantined as well. So we had decided to bring on the amazing Rachel Luna via Skype. Thank you, Rachel, for coming. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You're my first official Women of Impact Quarantine Edition. Hey! Okay. If you in quarantine, let me hear you say hey. Oh. <laughs> so for those of you who do not know Rachel, she's absolutely freaking amazing. We were supposed to record an episode right before the quarantine happened, but because it all happened, we actually postponed it. And I think she is literally the perfect guest for me to do this first special edition with. Um, in reading your story, oh my God, girl, you've been through so much. But where I want to start is... So we all have a story we tell ourselves about our lives and take even the quarantine situation now. Right now, we are all writing a story about what this is. And in reflection, I know 
a lot of your massive growth has been in identifying that story, breaking that story down and separating the story from facts. And girl, that's so powerful. As people in real time are watching this, writing their own story, what can we do to avoid that, having to do that reflection and then break down that story again? Yeah, well, I think the, the thing is that we don't want to avoid. That's the key. Too often we're trying, like, how do I prevent myself from doing that? How do I stop this? And when we're so focused on not making the mistake, that's the mistake, right? So the first thing is we want to be aware of our stories all day, every day. And it is, a, I think it's a little cliche of, like, be present, be in the now, but cliches exist for a reason because they have merit and it has value and it has purpose. So the first thing I like to tell people is, are you aware of your thoughts? Most people are not. So when I encounter someone who's like, but I don't know, this is the first answer they will give you for any question. I don't know. When someone tells me, I don't know, the first response I give them is, I don't know is not an answer. It is a filler statement. And it's what you're telling yourself because you are afraid to investigate because you either already know the answer and the answer scares you, or you're afraid that once you discover the answer, it's not gonna fit into your life plan or the things that you think you want, or you just haven't taken the time. So we have to never accept I don't know as an answer. Secondly, if you find that you are just uncertain overall about what you're thinking, check in with your body. You're feeling something. Most people can tell you what they feel, but they don't tell you what they think. So here's what I want to say is that we hear things like fat shaming, mom shaming, whatever. You made me feel this way. No one makes you feel any way. Your thoughts produce the feeling. Every feeling, every emotion we have is predicated on a thought. The problem is that we're so desensitized to our true thoughts and all we actually take action on are the limiting beliefs or the triggered feelings that we forget. Wait a second, there was a thought there. So give an example. Your husband says something that it just, maybe you don't like the tone, maybe it just, it came across to you as insensitive and now you say to him, well, you're making me feel bad about myself. You're making me feel like I'm not a good business owner. You're making me feel like I'm not smart. Did he say that? Unless he said it in those words, it's your story. And I pray that you're listening to this interview right now and you apply some of these strategies in all of your relationships. But what we will do is we'll say, I'm telling myself a story right now that you think I am whatever or that you perceive me this way. Am I right? Is my story true? So tell, tell right. me through, I love the way you break down then. How do you, like in your book, you ask questions about what your story yeah. is. So take me through that so that people right now in real time can actually do this in order to yeah. identify what's the story they've been told, but they have for so long believed it as quote unquote fact. Yes. So for example, right, let's just talk about this present moment. We're dealing with a global pandemic. Most of us are in quarantine. Some of us have worked from home. So it's business as usual, which is my perception of the situation. 
Some of us have never worked from home and the sky is falling and, and you don't know if you have job security. You see, the brain is always looking to make meaning of the situation. And that is important to our survival. If we can understand why something is happening, we can then make the judgment call. This is either safe for me or it's dangerous. That's the way the brain operates. We're either surviving or we're not. But my perspective and my belief is that we have to stop looking for just survival. We, can, we have to stop trying to be survivors and we have to concentrate our efforts, our thoughts, our emotions, our energies, our inner circle, um, condition them to be thrivers, to be champions. So let me give you an example. I was diagnosed with uh, triple negative breast cancer, the most aggressive form of breast cancer. What did the doctors tell me? Nothing good, Lisa. And I had to tell them, listen, this is how I'm gonna do this. You're either with me and you're gonna help me do it this way where we're thriving or it's okay. You can go take care of other patients, but I don't want to be just a survivor because a survivor means you just made it. I wanna be a champion, a champion one, right? So. Who are you going to be? Who do you want to be? You want to be a survivor? You just made it. Poof. Or you want to be a champion like, yo, I came out and I slayed. I, look, wait, pray, slay all day, every day. That's, that's the choice that I'm making, right? So let's kind of bring this back. So we're in this situation. You have to assess what is actually happening. Did you really lose your job? Are you really down to pennies in the bank? Or are you worried about three months from now? Now, I want to be really sensitive because I know that there is someone out there watching who was like, no, but I, I really did lose my job. And no, I really do live paycheck to paycheck. And this is where I'll tell you, this is your greatest opportunity. If you are willing to be a champion, not a survivor, a champion, this will be your greatest opportunity more millionaires and entrepreneurs come out of a recession mm -hmm. they're stable. This is documented fact. But why don't people know this? Because they're not taking the time. And I think that people have this misconception that because you choose to thrive, because you choose to continue, that is just easy. No, Lisa, when the doctor was telling me all these things, do not think for a second that I looked at her like, well, that ain't going to be me. That's not how the, the, the show went. What actually happened was I cried. I cried. I sobbed. I the tissues. They had to give me my own whole box because as she's telling me these things, I'm saying, but isn't there any other way? And I'm patting my face and I'm saying, but, but I read this. And what about these studies? What happens, I, in my opinion, is that we hear the first person who has a title or a credential behind their name and we think, oh, gospel. And that's the second part that I want to bring up is that you said you knew your identity and you were rooted. So you knew to, even though you were emotional and like you said, I want to emphasize, it wasn't freaking easy for her. But even though you still were so rooted that you were able to do that, how on earth do you become rooted in your own identity? Because like now's a great time, right? You're quarantined, you can practice things. So what can they do right now to start rooting themselves so that if something like this comes up, they have the foundation to be able to speak up and, and, and understand and support their identity they have built. 
Okay, so the first thing we need to do is recognize that our identity is comprised of our beliefs, our values, our ideals, and our stories. But the way that most people approach identity is they build it up on their roles. So my identity is I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm an entrepreneur. That's not your identity. Those are the roles that you currently occupy. And it's very important that you don't connect your identity with your role. Because as soon as those roles change, you're going to feel stripped. You're going to feel broken down. And that will put you into a cycle of, um, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm unhappy. I can't explain it because for so long. So when I left the Marine Corps after nine and a half years of service and all of a sudden I wasn't Staff Sergeant Rodriguez anymore. Now I was Mrs. Rachel Luna, stay at home mom, which was a dream I never had for myself. My identity was shook. I was miserable. I didn't fit in anywhere because I had attached myself to my job. So this is very important. Your identity comes from what do you believe, right? So for me, I believe in Jesus, like I'm a God girl. That is the foundation of my belief system. With that being said, I wanna make sure that I really emphasize this. It's okay to say this is my foundation of beliefs and I still have questions. And I'm still not sure why I believe that. And this feels kind of unbelievable to me, but this is what I believe. And the reason I say that is because some people try to get too black and white with their, with their foundational beliefs. And they feel like, well, if I can't accept the whole thing, then, then I can't accept the belief. And that's not true. Now, can I actually stop you for a second before we continue? So I, um, I don't believe in God. Okay. Um, so how would I assess that belief? Like what would, cause it's, it's somewhat transparent when you say, okay, I believe in God. Okay. That's your belief. But if I don't, how would I assess? Like I, I'm literally, as you're talking, I'm like, what would my answer be? Yeah. Well, what do you believe? How should you be showing up in the world according to whatever you believe? Yeah. I believe, um, you treat people, um, the way you want to be treated. I think you should give people grace. I think you should show people respect, even if they don't show you respect. I think that when I'm on my deathbed, I want, and I don't know if this is a belief, but when I'm on my deathbed, I want to believe that I've been a good human. And what does hu good human be? good human mean it means you don't cheat on my husband because I wouldn't want him to cheat on me you are supportive for your friends because I want support from my friends that you you be a good daughter and you say thank you and give way more than you ever expect so I don't know if those are beliefs it's more like rules that I live by yeah no those are your beliefs because according to you that's how we should be as human beings right that's your point so your guide point, if I were going to sum it all, is treat other people the way you want to be treated. Show up the way you want others to show up. Correct. Right? So really what I'm hearing you say is your belief is rooted in being the example. Ah, yes. I've never heard of it like that. I'm, I'm so going to steal that. Yes, but that's very true. Be the Thank example, you. even though I don't expect people to follow my example. Right. So it's like if you're in a friendship or anything and someone is just cruel to you, I'm never going to be cruel back. So it's kind of all never expecting someone to be and have the same beliefs that I do. 
but I'm so grounded in my beliefs that even when someone doesn't show up or goes against my belief system, I'm never going to reject my beliefs because they do. Exactly. That right there, that's the key point, right? So you are never going to reject your belief to make someone else feel better. Look at how awesome this is. I'm a God girl. You're like, nah, not into God. And we're still having an awesome conversation. We're accepting, we're loving each other throughout the whole thing. There's nothing, there's no this happening here, right? So when you are rooted in your identity, this kind of dialogue can happen. Mm -hmm. There's an opportunity for greater collaboration in the world. There's an opportunity for greater service. Yeah. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal, like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is a negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about. That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash Lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash Lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash Lisa. So in your identity, you said you need a belief system first. And then the second thing? Values. Okay. So let's get into values. Most of us will say, I value my family. I value my children. I value my clients. I value my friends. But the way to really know where your values 
lie and whether or not you're operating in your values is to do an audit of your week. Mm -hmm. Where did you spend your time this week? Write it down because I can tell you right now, when I did this, oh, it was painful. And when you do this kind of work, all the work that we're talking about here, you're gonna find resistance. So when the resistance happens, you're not good or bad, you're, there's nothing wrong with you. Resistance is part of the journey. Observe it, say resistance, I see you, I'm gonna take a break, but then I'm gonna come back. Because when you do the value audit, oh man, suck a punch. You thought, <laughs> you, thought you valued your kids, but when you, you actually took the time to audit how much eye contact you made with your child in a week, you might find that you were dangerously low. And that's okay, there's nothing wrong. Now we can see where am I in alignment with the identity of the person I say I want to be. So we go do the work. And listen, this is not work that you do one little worksheet and okay, I'm good, go me. No, this is ongoing because life is dynamic and you're gonna have a situation like we're facing right now with the pandemic where every kind of level of homeostasis that you once had is thrown off balance. And so once again, you have to go back into who, what is the identity that I say that I want to have in this world? Who do I say I want to be? And what does someone who, oper who operates at that level, what is the, their identity? How would they handle this situation? Okay, so especially when we think right now, pandemic how would some my highest self the person i truly desire to be the the multimillionaire the billionaire me the the world leader me the international speaker the new york times best selling author me the the you know whatever insert your biggest dream what would the ideal version of my life of me look like and how would i handle this situation and then we always bring it back to the stories well, what story am I telling myself? What story do I want to tell? And what's the truth of the situation as it lines up with my beliefs? Just like, for example, Lisa, what color is the sky? Blue. Is it really blue? Or is it that the sun reflecting down on the water casts a, a hue of blue in the sky? I love that. Like When you really think about the brain, the brain is encased in a black box. Right, your brain can't see anything. So it wow. is taking things in from what you hear, what you see, and what you taste and, and smell. And all of that is creating a story of what reality is. But when you think that your brain is literally in a black box, no wonder you have multiple people in one situation that can come away from it with completely different experiences because they're allowing them their senses to either um, say something negative, right? Or say something positive or see something negative or see something positive. Like it, it is all our senses that are telling our brain this story that we then repeat. Yes, nailed it. That I, that's so important to recognize is that it's everything is our perception and our perception is created based on our upbringing, our stories, our beliefs, our values, our experiences. And it's going back to what you said about the hard work. This is something that we have to choose to work on regularly, at least daily. This is, again, I'm such a proponent for journaling and not just journaling to emote. 
a lot of people will like, dear diary, today this happened. And all they do is keep a record of what's already occurred, which is fine. But if you're actually trying to change your life, you have to write a different story. So you can keep a record of what you've written. And then I always tell people, add a bridge statement and say, and I'm so excited now that, and then write the story as if it's already happened the way that you want it to happen. Because if we want a different experience, we have to write a different story. God, I love that so much. You are very, very honest. And I freaking appreciate how transparent you are. And I'd love to know what if it's an actual strategy, a specific strategy, um, and if so, why. But you are so freaking honest about everything you do and endure. So let's even take when you found out about cancer. You knew or had discovered it wasn't genetic. So when you realized it wasn't genetic, you could have spiraled out of control and said, oh my God, I've done this to myself. But I've heard you speak about the fact that you had to look and almost own it, but not beat yourself up over it. So talk to me about being open and honest about it, because that's something freaking rough that you, you didn't do it to break yourself, you use it to empower yourself, and then how you can be so open and honest about it, um, and did you use those tactics as a way to get over it? Okay, great question. The first thing is that I was not open and honest right away. So as soon as I found the lump, I honestly didn't think that it was more than just like some weird cyst. I did not think that breast cancer was it until probably the third doctor that I saw. And then I was like, wait, there, there's something more here. And this is really important that you start listening to that very small but quiet voice that is, is telling you something's not right because the um, the first person that I went to, they were like, oh, it's just the cyst, I'm sure you're fine. But I kept hearing this voice say, you need to advocate for yourself. You need to advocate for yourself. So as I was going through that piece of it, I was sharing the journey because I thought, I'm a big mouth. So there's no problem advocating for myself. I will call you, I will harass you, I will show up at the office until you see me and give me my place because I know that I'm worthy. And this is something that I think women, we, we gotta start really owning it. Don't just say that you're worthy and that you know that you're worthy. Be someone who is worthy, act as a worthy person and, and really step up for yourself. So I shared that part because I wanted women to really advocate for themselves. But then when I got diagnosed, I didn't say anything to anyone. And that was strategic because I knew that the moment I said anything about cancer, everyone and their mother was going to have an opinion for me. I also knew that I was going to get a barrage of different responses and I wasn't sure what I wanted to hear. I didn't know how I wanted people to support me. And you have to teach people how to treat you. So I took my time and I got my own self right. Like, okay, am I ready to hear the whole world's opinion about what's happening to me? Because this is the thing. Everyone will tell you how they would handle the situation. And most of it comes from a place of really, really good intentions. But if you're not ready to receive that or reject it respectfully, then you go into that dark tailspin. 
if we don't do the work to be able to know how we want to walk through the situation, then we allow everyone else's perception and opinion to really impact how we show up in the world. So I waited. As soon as I was okay and I knew how I wanted to proceed with what was happening in my body, then I was very deliberate and I took the time to think, how do I want to be supported? And what do I want people to say? One thing I did not want to hear anyone tell me was, I'm so sorry. So I said, these are the ways that you can support me. These are the things that I'm not available for. If you... Uh-huh. Out of curiosity, why? Why were you not available for people to say, I'm sorry? At that time, my thought was people that are saying sorry are, I think that this is a bad thing. And I don't think that this is a bad thing. I think that this is happening for a good reason. And I just have to figure out the good reason. But the they tell me they're sorry, the more I'm going to have to work to think against those thoughts. And I was already working so hard to heal myself that I didn't want to have to now work against people that loved me. So it's just easier to tell people how you want to be supported. And I let them know, if you can't support me like that at this time, it's totally okay to unfollow. It's okay to mute me. It's okay to not engage with me until I'm done with this. So why do I share so much? And I do, I share if I'm having a bad reaction to some treatment or if I'm not feeling great, because I think that one of the greatest disservices we as women of impact and influencers are doing to uh, our community is always showing the perfect newsfeed. Life is not always perfectly filtered. You can't always get to the barber to get laid out when you're in coronavirus, you know what I mean? And so I really want other women in particular and men as well to see that, look, it's messy, it's not always easy, but we can, that doesn't mean that you are less. And I also think it's important that you recognize that just because you're having an off day doesn't mean that your whole credibility is shot. That's strong. How do you give yourself grace then in those moments where you've made a mistake, you you know feel like um, something has gone wrong, but you give yourself the grace to know, I can get up tomorrow. Like, How do you, um, and what tactics and people use right now where we're in quarantine, there's going to be many times that we just slip up, mess up, wish that we hadn't done something because we're in this new, like no one has endured what we're enduring right now in our lifetime. So we're stumbling, making mistakes. How do you give yourself grace to not then spiral out of control, to wake up the next day and still be the true you that you want to show up to be? Great question. So I am in the habit of daily forgiveness. I forgive myself multiple times a day for doing or not doing the things I said I wanted to do for doing or not doing the things that other people expected me to do or not do. I am in the habit of forgiveness all day, every day. So I actually want to touch on that then. So how does someone actually forgive themselves? I'm all about tactics. So you said every day I forgive myself multiple times a day. What does that actually look like? Like take me through one moment, even if it's simple, right? Like you remind yourself of X, Y, and Z. What are those steps someone needs to do right now in order to try to forgive themselves for whatever they're wanting to forgive themselves for? 
I forgive myself. That's it. I forgive myself. And then once you say, like, I will touch myself a lot. You have to lay hands on yourself, right? So I lay hands on myself and I say, I forgive myself. It's okay. I'm doing the best that I can. Even though I know better, I didn't do better. I'm human. I will do better next time. But forgetting next time and not even thinking about last time in this moment, everything is all right. In this moment, it's okay for me to let myself off the hook. It's all about what is the story that you're telling yourself around the circumstance. And it doesn't feel natural in the beginning. It doesn't. And in the beginning, you're like, no, but I really don't forgive myself. I'm really upset. You can be upset with yourself and still forgive yourself. You are allowed to feel your feelings. What you want to be cautious of is that you're not storing. That's what I was going to say. How do you make sure you don't store and then stay there? Because if you allow yourself to do it, sometimes that feeling can be comforting. And then what ends up happening is you're like, well, this maybe not consciously, but this is very comforting. Wallowing feels comfortable. So you blink a week, three months go by and you're still in that state. How do you make sure that you allow yourself to feel it, but then let it go? Right. So again, everything will always go back to your identity. The identity of the person that you say you want to be. Does she want to live in that feeling? Because sorrow does feel good in the moment when you're grieving. But does the person that you have been called to be, that, that your biggest dream, will she ever get to make the impact that she was created to be from that state? No, this is why I said it before, I have to harp on it. If you have a journal practice of every single day of reminding yourself, I am confident, I'm ambitious, I'm driven, I'm motivated. And you're just, if you just take two minutes and do a bunch of I am statements, and this is my goal, and I'm so proud of myself because I achieved whatever the goal is, as if you've already done it, and you look at that paper, even if you don't do it daily, even if you do it four out of seven days, you're going to be in much better shape so that when you mess up, I am forgiven. That's one of your I am statements. I am forgiven. I accept myself. I love myself. And there's somebody that's watching that I know that you don't love yourself. You want to love yourself and you keep hearing people talk about this self-love and you're like, well, I, it sounds great, but what the heck is self-love? Is it mani-pedis? Is it massage? Well, I can't go anywhere. I'm in coronavirus. What do I do? Listen, self-love is just taking a moment to say, I want to love you, body. I want to love you indentation from where they removed the lump. I want to love you fupa. And even before I had babies, this was like an area. And I remember I would pick myself apart and like, oh, this is so gross. Listen, spend time today, whatever you don't like about yourself, your breasts, your face. My forehead was a big thing for me. Well, then I lost all my hair and it's like, hey, I got a good forehead now, right? It's all perspective, but spend time with whatever part, your business, your marriage, your whatever the thing is, and just go to that place and put your hands on it and say, I love you and I'm sorry. I know that you're here for a reason. I know that this is all for my good and I'm going to find the good in this. And when I started doing that for my little fupa, I was like, wait a second, you carried my babies. You did good. 
the minute that you love and accept yourself, you're going to see that the whole world around you will start to love and accept you. All of a sudden, the opportunities that you felt like were never going to come your way, the opportunities are going to line up. You're going to get interviews. You're going to get press. You're going to get book publishers and deals that you couldn't even believe. You're not available for that right now because you don't love yourself. So here's what you're going to do. Number one, you're going to go through the identity steps. We talked about that. Identify your beliefs, your values, your ideals, your stories. Next, you're going to take an audit, your value audit. Where am I spending my time? What am I doing with my day? Am I spending my time giving love and attention to the things I say I value? And if I don't, then I'm out of alignment. And how do I now shift to make that the priority? And by the way, these are gradual things. Don't go trying to change everything overnight. You're going to set yourself up for failure. Then you're going to be mad at yourself and it creates another cycle. Then from there, you're going to spend some time. I highly recommend two, three times a week with journaling, but at the very least, once a week, give yourself 10 minutes, touch the parts of you that you don't love and just say, forgive me. I forgive you. I love you. I accept you. I see you. You want to be seen. What are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to know? What's the thing I'm missing? And listen, you guys can go to girlconfident.com. The, the whole, everything that I'm talking about is there. It's for you for free. You go through it. You come as many times. You can email me directly. I check my own inbox. Shocker. Girl, you are freaking fire. Right now, guys, she just said you can go and get it for free. She, you can email her. Like she really wants to create impact and allow people that, or give people the tools and tactics that they can use right now to gain confidence. Because right now, as you're staying at home quarantine, this is the time, right? It was like what I was saying in my intro. You can look at this as the most horrific time of your life, or you can say, oh my God, how can this be the best time of my life? And if you look at it from that perspective, Think of how powerful you can become by growing and working on that every day. And this woman right here is giving it for free. So go check it out. Rachel, where else can they find you, girl? Where can they find all your books and everything else that you're doing? Awesome. So go to girlconfident.com and that will get you the free chapter. You can also follow me on Instagram at girlconfident. And you can subscribe to my podcast, Real Talk with Rachel Luna. Thank you so much for joining us, guys. And oh, I forgot to ask you the last question. I'm so out of rhythm because I'm like doing this Skype call. What is your superpower, girl? Yes. Okay. My superpower is my ability to constantly ask myself better questions and teach other people to do the same. Because when we ask better questions, we get better answers and we create a better life. I freaking love that. Guys, guys, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully you're staying quarantined and safe and showing the love to everybody. If this episode did bring you value, please, please do subscribe and share it with anyone that you feel right now may, um, may be able to benefit from this episode because if they're struggling in quarantine, we all need friends to reach out to. So please, please do share this. And if you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Bilyeu. And until next time, guys, be the hero of your own life. Peace out.